declining. And he was like, I'm so sorry. You have to watch another parent go through this. I, I can't believe this is what's happening to you. In this episode, we will talk about grief, normalizing conversations surrounding it, and how losses become gains. We'll dive right into Tara Acario's courageous story, juggling numerous heavy events during that time for her and how she was able to gain from all of this. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my beautiful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast. Here we have Tara Cardo. Tara, please introduce yourself and thank you for coming joining with us. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so my name is Tara Accardo. I am from Northern California and I am the founder of Losses Become Gains, which is a blog online community as of today, a podcast <laughs> to help grievers and other people going through hardships to cope with that and how to journey through that and ultimately just journey through that to be a a you know stronger more courageous more happy healthy vibrant fulfilled person and really my my mission with that is just because of my own journey of loss which we can certainly get into but really i just it comes from a place of being in some you know depths of grief myself and being able to i'm not going to say come out of it <laughs> because i still grieve in my own ways every day, but I got to a point where I was really um, feeling pretty good in my my healing journey. I say that loosely, but my healing journey. And I was like, you know, I, I want to sort of impart this wisdom, if you will. I want to be able to support and guide and coach other people. So um, that's ultimately what I do. And really my passion is just being able to help people who are going through a hardship or a loss who just feels like there's no hope or that there's no coming out of it um, and who are just really struggling. So that's, that's who I'm here to help. Uh, thank you for sharing that Tara. I really appreciate it. And yes, that is definitely, you know, just being with people who are grieving, like it's, it's, it's honestly, there's, yeah, it's, there's words <laughs> that you can't even describe. <laughs> yeah, I but it's it's a you know grief and loss it's all a very normal and natural part of life so that's another big thing for me is just normalizing it and talking about it and there's so much stigma and taboo and discomfort around talking about grief and loss still which is understandable it it hurts to talk about it's not fun it's painful it's not always fun bringing these things up right but um you know i'm so confident and so um, you know, like an advocate of just being able to have like real raw conversations like what we're doing here today and just being very honest about it and really like lifting each other up through that and bringing some positivity into that as much as we can in a very negative, <laughs> sad time. Yes. No, I can agree more. Um, thank you. Uh, so I know you briefly mentioned it earlier, but what is one of one of your one of your courageous stories that you like to share with the audience. Yeah. Um, so really, I guess how losses become gains came to fruition um, was very long story short. Um, my mom was diagnosed with esophageal cancer in I think around like May of 2019. Um, from diagnosis to passing, it was probably about seven or eight months. Um, she died in December of that year, December 9th, 2019. And 
that of course was very traumatic. Um, it had a lot of ups and downs. I really just lost myself there for a while and I'm an only child. So it was just an incredibly painful time as a daughter. It's very, very profoundly difficult losing a mom. Um, and throughout that, my dad had prostate cancer as well. He had had it for probably five years at that point, actually. And he had been doing okay. He definitely had some ups and downs in his journey as well. But um, after my mom died, he, you know, was okay, but, but certainly not himself. He was very lonely without her. I don't think he knew how to do life without her anymore, to be honest. Um, and it's really, I feel like that classic situation of like kind of died of a broken heart, honestly. Um, but it really was more, more technically speaking, the cancer spread from his prostate to his back and into his brain. And so, you know, he, he went downhill a few months after my mom died and then he died in July of 2020. So, you know, as I mentioned, only child here I am without both parents, the two people I need the most in my life. I just had my little 18 year old dog at that point, she died the following year. So I just was like, can I catch a break, please? Like where, where is this rock bottom? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm not, I mean, it's miserable. I went through a breakup during that time too. So it was just really like loss after loss. But after a lot of trying to heal and self-discovery and self, you know, I just really like looked inside and what I sort of realized I did sort of accidentally was certainly worked on my grief as well um, to just figure out what life looked like now without my parents. But I did it in such a way that I really kind of found my my purpose in the process. And, um, you know, I don't know that I ever would have gotten into the grief space or or be a coach or do all these things I'm doing without having gone through the deaths of my parents. So it's interesting. I mean, I've been asked the question before, like, do you, do you think like your, your parents' death sort of, you know, had to happen for you to find your purpose in life? And that's such an interesting question. Cause I guess, I guess I don't really know. Um, but it unlocked a lot of doors and windows and <laughs> all of the things to lead me to where I am now, where I really do feel I am meant to when I'm put on this earth to help people heal and, you know, find joy and meaning in their life again. Like I said, when you go through a time where you don't think that is remotely possible for you ever again mm -hmm. after a devastating loss. Um, and so I, I, I did, I think, find courage through that. I found courage to use my voice and put myself out there. I mean, I certainly first step was kind of with my blog. Um, so this was probably like probably six or eight months after my dog died. So things had kind of settled down <laughs> for a moment. Um, and then the idea of losses become gains came to fruition. So I started with my blog and I launched that late 2022. Um, and then from there launched my um, grief becomes gains online course. So that's like a self-paced um, uh, course that grievers can take to help them through the grieving process. You also get a monthly call with me as well. Um, and then now the podcast. So it's really just kind of evolved to putting myself out there more and more, um, in just these very just vulnerable ways. I just want to be a relatable resource for people, um, that are going through it and to just make them know and empower them to know that grief is okay. Grief is normal. Grief is okay to talk about. And, and there's help out there. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Tara, for sharing that. It's 
like I, like I, I agree like we should be normalizing talking about grief and that when we're faced with grief we don't run away and approach it with grace because it's mm-hmm. very it's a lot to take in you know and yeah. but then just taking it with grace like it's okay to talk about it. it's okay to face it with loved ones so you don't have to do it by yourself either you know yes. it's oh gosh, yeah yeah and it's in any kind of grief it's just you know and it's yeah. and it's such a tough game because I, I feel like some people compare grief often or you know I've um, I've I've had it I've seen it both ways where people will say to me like oh my gosh I can't imagine you know they might have let's say just lost a mom or a dad and they're like oh my gosh I can't imagine losing both but I'm like okay sure but your grief is unique to you and that's another you know pillar of grief that I'm trying to you know help get out there that it's not a comparison game and Mm -hmm. you know we we all experience it differently um but my mission is just for people to not feel like they have to tamp it down or, you know, I'm going to sound very like political here, but conform to any social norms of like how fast you have to grieve or how Mm -hmm. you have to get over something. Because with these significant losses, a parent, a child, a sibling, I mean, whoever this is for you, um, even, even job loss or even, you know, some, some secondary losses that aren't as, as recognized, Um, you know, like my, my dog loss, you know, like that wasn't, I think some people, she was in my life for 19 years. So I don't, you know, she's a member of my family. She might not be able to talk, but she was, you know, she was the yeah. sister. Right so uh, it's just, you know, there, there are so many, um, again, just expectations of what grieving should look like and how fast or slow it should be and, and the stages and all the things. And, you know, sure, we might go through stages of it, but it can really, you know, the, we call them like the waves of grief, right? They can really go and come and, just because it's you you might not be kind of close to the actual let's say death for example like you know sure my parents died i had a little time to process that but then my wedding came up and then i had to sort of grieve them not being at my wedding and then if my husband and i have kids like which we hope to but like they're not going to be there for that too so it's a lot of like regrieving happens so grief just never really ends i guess is is the yeah. point too and i think there's such a misconception about that yeah, and I believe too is like um it goes all the way to the end. You yeah. just ha- you you just kind of work around it. I think I saw I recently saw something on the internet where it's like the like a black hole is when mm-hmm. you grieve, right? But day by day you will start painting around that day by day different colors. I think I saw it in a model perhaps, where yep. like eventually it won't you won't be in that black hole anymore, but you'll be surrounded by colorful like colors and mm-hmm. all of the rainbow that yeah. you're pretty much just working with it, like living exactly. with it. And you're growing around it. You're growing yeah. around for sure. You're yeah. making, I, my, my Lord, like motto was like, you know, make your grief work for you. Don't work for it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. About <laughs> integrating it into our lives. And that's very hard to do. And sometimes that's hard to do without support or without someone who kind of gets it. So that's really the the ally that I try and be for people because it, there's a shocking number of, of people that don't have a good support system or they're afraid to reach out for help or they kind of don't know where to start. And that's really where I just want to be 
a friend or a coach or, you know, however people see me, um, you know, to just be that, that person who's just like, you know what, I, I validate, I can, I see you right now, you know? Yeah. Like I got you, you're not alone. And so yeah. exactly. we're yeah. all in this great club, whether we like it or not, we were put yeah. here with Now it's like, okay, what do we do with it? And it's easy to get stuck. And it's, it's very easy to get stuck in that dark despair. I mean, I, I was there like I, but you know, and, and so much of it, of course, is asking for help and getting the help, but so much of it comes from within. And so that's where I really want to empower people to, make them make sure they know like you you can pull yourself out of it too there's plenty of help that's what we're here for but like you've got this and like take your yeah. time it's not a process that can or should be rushed but it's possible and that light at the end of the tunnel i know there's like you probably can't even see it right now or the tunnel <laughs> like 50 bajillion miles long but it's there and and you know there's lots of people here that can empathize with what you're going through so yeah no i that resonates with me so much because I think um, we talked about this earlier, but with my dog who passed away like five years ago, mm -hmm. I like how he how we put him down was just something I didn't imagine. And it was like a lot of miscommunication behind it. And he was put down alone. And the fact that that miscommunication, I wasn't there. I still feel that. Like I'm still like running through it in my mind, in my head, in my body. And yeah. I know there's a the light in the tunnel, like of you know, like there were doctors. Like there were yeah. probably doctors that were with him and mm -hmm. comforted him, even if there was none of us were there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so just like hearing what you said about, you know, sometimes there is a light at the tent of the tunnel. Like we will get there. Like we can do this. Like we have the choice. I have the choice to move. I don't have to be in this state for the rest of my life. I don't think he even wanted, even as a dog, my my own dog, no. he probably wouldn't want me to be there either. No, he'd be like, mom, get over it. I'm good. Like <laughs> Yeah, like move. Okay, I got this. I know you're watching. I'm watching the video. You're good. And so... No, it's so true. Our loved ones, like they, they know, I, I think in some way they know that. And we also have to remember like when they leave and like, you know, they're not in their like physical body anymore. Like we, we feel emotion so deeply, right? We're human. We're here having yeah. a human experience. And no matter what your religious beliefs or anything on spirituality is like, when we leave this physical body, like we don't experience emotions the same way that we do when we're here like the, the, all they know is happiness and joy and I would love to think that he knew that like you did not want that to happen and you wanted to be there and, and that's all that matters like yeah. I feel that way about my dad I was I was there for my mom's death but I wasn't there for my dad's and that always felt wrong to me somehow and so you know I had to grapple with that my dad wouldn't have wanted me to be there anyway so that was like <laughs> Give me a lot of peace. He was like, "You are not about to watch me die." No, um, it was. <laughs> or just a personal thing. Wait, was it because it was like I know July twenty twenty was during COVID, but yes. was it just, or is it just part of his personality? Is like, do not. Well, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I truly. There's a lot of reasons for this. I've wrote about some of this in my blogs too. Like, I think COVID was definitely a part of it. Um, I, I thankfully they did allow me in to see him and things like that. But it was, it was really. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um. But I, I was lucky. I was able to say goodbye to him like the the afternoon prior, and I was like, I'll be back tomorrow. It's okay. Um. 
but I, he had told me even before he died and before the cancer got even worse and like went to his brain that he was like, I'm just so sorry. He knew he was going downhill, I think, and declining. And he was like, I'm so sorry. You have to watch another parent go through this. I, I can't believe this is what's happening to you. Like he, like he was, you know, dying, but he was like, so he, he was apologizing to me. I'm like, dad, like, oh my God, I'm fine. Or I will be fine. You know, if I'm not right now. And so, and he was just a, a more, not private person, but he just like, you know, yeah, he, as his daughter, he was just like, maybe I don't want to say prideful, but he just didn't want me to have to witness that again. Like I had just been through that with my mom, but my mom, like, I know she needed me there. Like my dad wasn't there when she died, actually. It was just me, but I think we needed to have that moment. Um, cause they both passed. It's so weird. My mom passed at 327 AM and my dad passed at 323 AM. So five minutes apart, like almost six months. It is it's like there's something about the three, three thirty hour, which is like the bewitching hour. That's like a thing. But there's something about it. So that was also part of it too, is he passed so early in the morning. It was kind of an obscure hour that I don't think they I mean, frankly, they didn't yeah. know it happened. Like they caught it within a couple of minutes and were able to call me and I was able to get over there quickly, but um it wasn't like I was, you know, yeah. able to sitting there when it happened. Yeah. So I, I grab anyway, point of the story is I grappled with a lot of guilt and regret over that as well. So I completely, I can empathize with, you know, feeling like you couldn't be there or, you know, yeah. circumstances are different, but yeah, it's, it's a brutal feeling. Yeah, um, we just have to convince ourselves over and over. I think that like, that it's okay. okay. <laughs> we were meant to be where we were when it happened. Maybe we weren't meant mm -hmm. to see them go. I mean, I just, that might just be me trying to comfort myself <laughs> i don't know but i i think there's something to say about that i don't know yeah but it's, no, it's hard it's kind of like like you said like sometimes maybe just that that's how the universe wants it for you how yeah. like like you said that you were there you were there for your mom but your dad wasn't there for your mom but then yeah he but yeah then, like i you, wasn't there for him and yeah, yeah. i know the whole dynamic was so so weird yeah and and the circumstances of their decline and stuff were different and I thought yeah. it's a whole nother story I won't get yeah. into like we knew my mom was it would be she was like on life support already so my, and my dad was in hospice but he wasn't on life support so it was like she, there was a chance she wasn't even going to make it through the night so that's when I was like I, I cannot leave this woman's side or I have to at least be nearby yeah. um if something were to happen and thankfully I was and they called me and they were like, Hey, get over here. So, you know, circumstances were just a little bit different too, but um, yeah, I, I did find some, as much peace around that as I possibly could, um, you know, and just believing and, and there's just a knowing that comes with the grief work and with the healing that we are meant to be where we are right now. And it doesn't always make sense. And there's not, always good reasons for death and loss or these hardships that we go through in life, whatever it is. Again, if, if it's a job loss or it could be anything else, a uh, divorce, you know, they're all extremely painful and difficult, but, you know, I always sort of just encourage people like they're again, not spirituality or anything. It's like, you know, whatever, there could be some higher power working for us right now that we don't even, we're not even privy to. We don't even know yet. And there could be so much good coming our way. Yes. even after you know loss and so to just open ourselves up to that just a little bit to allow that to come in 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm trying to be inspiring as possible. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I mean, so far, like it's amazing, and I love it, and I believe our listeners will love it. It's will love it too. It's yeah. It's like even just openly talking about it right now, it can feel so inspiring that oh, I can talk about it. I don't have to hide and pretend that this didn't happen. That mm-hmm. not even not even the fact of already losing that person but slowly will lose this person even though they're alive like that anticipatory grief yeah i totally went through that with both parents and just watching that decline and with pets and things too it's just it's there is like little worse than that anticipatory grief honestly i mean short of them actually dying like but it's so interesting I've, i've spoken to other grievers and so many people you know kind of feel like that anticipatory grief is just as bad almost if not worse than the actual death sometimes because you're you're watching you're just watching them in pain or you it's just you know excruciating you don't want anybody to go through pain like that or discomfort or whatever it is so as horrible and as difficult as it is to not have them here you also don't want them here in pain so it's just this crazy dichotomy of feelings where you're just like you're not grateful they're gone but you're grateful they're out of pain if if that applies to anybody listening here where you know there's somebody that they're they're watching someone go through something um yeah it's hard but that is really hard to grapple with like that is not an easy you know idea to wrap your head around so yeah no Mm -mm. mm-mm mm-mm (laughs) there's really nothing to say about it nope it is not easy yeah not easy at all um Mm -hmm. wait so i'm curious of like for you personally like what what has what are some like inner strengths that you came out of like going through this whole process like your parent both your parents and now your dog and then also like during that time was a breakup and then also getting married and like just like all, all everything and anything in your I know I'm a mess I just came it's like how did I do that yeah. but you know, coming coming out with it with, with strength yeah yeah there's a lot of that and yeah I think like strength means so many it can mean different things to different people and also just to set the expectation like it is not that we have to be and I, I don't know that this is what you were trying to say or anything but yeah. Just to say out loud, like, we don't have to be strong all the time. Like, I'm I'm certainly not, right? <laughs> yeah. But at all. Um, you know, we all have our moments. We're human, again. But I think the things that I came out of it with most, honestly, I, I, I don't have a better way to say this. Like, I, I know I can make it through anything. Like, that, it was such a dark time, and it was so profoundly lonely and isolating and devastating. And I felt very lost and very just on my own. I mean, so on my own. And I had family and friends and things, you know, it's not to say I didn't have any support system, I did, but um, nobody could take the place of my parents, period. And I'm, I'm thinking more so, this is like after, just after my dad died, there was this really pivotal few months, I think for me. Um, where I really just sat with myself and I, as, as lonely as I was, I kind of embraced the loneliness to be quite honest. And that's the time that I really looked inward and was like, okay, what is, 
life mean for me now? What does this look like? Do I do I continue living in the same place? Do I move? Do I, you know, I, I spiraled for sure. Um, but, I, mean, I think we all spiraled when we are in that state. Like, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah, you're just like, where am I again? Like, I don't, I don't even know where the door is. But it's just one of those. Yeah, I think that was the biggest lesson as I, ju- I just felt so not immediately, but eventually I felt very empowered. And I was like, you know what? I am a, I am a strong girl. Like I can m- mentally strong, physically strong. Like I can, I can get through some pretty dark things and, and still come out certainly not unscathed by any means, but I just know that if adversity is going to come my way again, which this is life, there's a good chance that'll happen at some point. Um, yes, yeah. you know, it's it's terrifying. I, I dread yeah. the day I suffer any kind of devastating loss. I mean, knock on wood that it doesn't happen. But you know, for for me, um, little else could be as bad as losing my parents next to somebody else like very close to me. Which again, I'm gonna knock on wood. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, like no <laughs> bad juju out there. But yeah, I think just just this inner again, the inner strength, but this inner knowing that like you're gonna be okay. And, and again, getting kind of saying hello to myself again and getting to know myself and my life now and creating that life for myself too and, and what that looks like. And, you know, some of the tools that I used to get there, breath work for sure, that was very calming and very, um, you know, scary and overwhelming moments is just a lot of breath work and meditation. Um, still trying to be active, at least go on walks and things like that. You know what I mean? Like getting that fresh air, journaling, um, having a good gratitude practice. So like for me, I write down three things I'm grateful for in the morning and three things I'm looking forward to and like a morning mantra. That's how I start off the morning. Um, And then at night, you know, three highlights of the day. Um, I think something I learned, like, you know, you just, and you close it off and you just, you know, look at what you have in front of you. And this does, again, this doesn't come right away, but you look at what you have in front of you and you, and you find things to be grateful for, even in the smallest of things, it can literally be like, I'm glad I have this cup of coffee in my hand today. It's because of, because especially when you go through a devastating loss, there could be like very little that you feel grateful for like at all. You're like, oh, my life is actually ruined, but sure. I'll try and find some gratitude. It's that's I guess, easier. I guess time. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, okay, let me dig deep here. And you do have to dig deep. That's the thing. Um, but really moral of the story is it can be a really beautiful and very empowering process if you let it. And there's so much abundance and things that can come into our lives if we allow it. And I know so much of this sounds like toxic positivity, which is not meant to be, but like, but it's true. But again, to be very real, like there's a lot of work that goes into that. And it's a lot of feeling our emotions and, you know, identifying them and being like, okay, I'm feeling this way today or in this moment. And then working through that. And then we just do that again and again and again. Um, And it's, you know, time helps, but time itself does not like heal grief, you know, like we, yeah. we do have to get the right support or put the work in or, you know, take those moments to really just sit with it. And it freaking hurts. It hurts yeah. really bad. So again, this is like not a toxic positivity talk, like not saying this is pretty, but you know, there are moments of joy and it's okay to let ourselves laugh or watch a stupid show or 
you know, do what we need to do to get through the day. <laughs> but pretty yeah. soon, getting through the day will start to look more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and I think like like you said earlier in the, in the beginning of the, in the beginning, you were saying like every person grieves differently. So our, each our timeline is different. We don't have we don't have to be finished grieving yeah. in two or three months. Any pressure yeah. on yourself. Like just yeah. throw that out the door right now, because the, the sooner you do that and the sooner you put pressure on yourself to grieve a certain way or to do it by a certain time or whatever, you know, you're, you're conforming to other people's expectations of what it is. And, and it's so unique to you. And just, so just feeling that and owning that and knowing that that's okay, even if other people don't. Yeah. And I definitely, yes, that's definitely what it is. Your, your own unique self is what you can choose. Like for me, whenever I'm feeling like feeling my feelings, yeah. oh, that is so hard. Especially when I was going through um my grieving process with my dog, yeah. Yeah. and I remember I was like I just like hold my hand, like just mm-hmm. hold, two two of my hands hold it, as hold I'm holding hand. holding you know like you're here, Tina, you're safe. I know you lost him then, but you're still yeah. okay, and that because. It's like it's like imagining because like self awareness like one side like your inner child is like scared like he died I don't know what to do like I should do like all these spiraling thoughts and yeah. then another side of you is like the present self and it's like parenting and comforting that other side it's like you're okay it's you're safe it's okay to feel this way it's okay to feel sad and lonely and just honestly don't know what you're gonna do next it's okay right. too. Yeah. yeah, that's such a beautiful practice. I love that. And it's like, and what you said is so great. Like, it's true. Like, and, and the the kind of parenting side of us and the child side of us that's scared, that all comes from the same brain. So like, there's a lot going on up in our minds <laughs> as we're trying to grieve. And that's another thing too. I'll just mention like some of the books that I've read that I actually didn't discover early in my um, grieving process. I wish I had, but there's a book called The Grieving Brain by Mary Frances O'Connor. Like, everyone please check it out like it's so eye-opening and it like really helps you understand the science of like what is going on as you're grieving and it really like just I don't just give your it's all the more reason to give yourself grace because your your brain is trying so hard to catch up with your new reality and that does take time so that's a really important thing to acknowledge for sure yeah thank well thank you so um thank you thank you Tara I really Thank you so much for joining us and just sharing your story. It's 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 such an honor, you know, hearing your side and like the fact that normalizing, like you said, normalizing, talking about grief, talking about death, and just anything that comes around. And yes, it is negative, but it's and it's it's here, and yeah. it's okay to talk about it. It's okay, and yeah. so. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. And thank you. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, If you enjoy this podcast, please hit the follow button wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our podcast and want to learn more about Tara Ricardo or even just get connected with her, please look in the description for more information and for the links. 